Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Cool, good. Uh, happy New Year. Yes, yes, Happy New Year. We're finally in the year 2020. Yeah, and we're six yeah, days in. Yeah, we're at large. <laughs> the year of Marat Large. Yeah, if, if Nintendo can have the year of Luigi, we can have the year of Marat Large. The year of Marat Large. I mean, well, we're like, as time of recording, we're six days in. Yes. And this year already sucks. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. This year's horrible already. I mean, like, the entire country of Australia is on fire. Yep. I mean, I know that's been going on since last year, but, you know, it's really, really horrendous at this point. Um, like, close to a billion animals have died. Like, I think, like, 30 people have died. Um, the entire country's literally on fire. So that's awful. Yep. Um, th- there's going to be a war. Yeah, um, <laughs> like actual, factual World War Three is probably imminent any day now. Yeah, which is then going to almost ensure that uh, Trump gets another term. Yeah, as is historic when uh, presidents start wars during an election. On a personal level, I have pericoronitis currently, which is uh, an inflammation of the gum around my wisdom tooth, and it really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> which means I'm going to drag this episode out as long as possible. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you so you suffer longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it turns out predictably Boris Johnson lied about literally everything he said during the campaign trail. Would you believe it? I know, so that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, this year's been awful. <laughs> six six <laughs> days in. And it's not as it means to go on, I guess. It's already so bad. It's, it's cool, you know, like all the awful people are closer to death every day. Yeah, and so am I. <laughs> right? The sweet release. Yeah. The sweet release of death. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Today's show is all about Theros Beyond Death. Oh my god, that segue was... I mean, I laid it up, so I can't be that yeah. mad, right? Yeah, it was It was good. It was good. Uh, yeah, we are fairly close to the release of uh, Theros Beyond Death now, and we figured it's been quite a few weeks. The spoilers are coming very fast now, as we are fully in preview season. So why not let's jump into the deep end and talk about some, some cool cards that we've seen so far this week. Yeah, I mean, I have been paying some attention, because most of my attention has been taken up with Cube, while that continues to happen. <laughs> I spent all of yesterday just cubing, because um, it's great, and I don't really understand why anyone's doing anything else, but I can't really do an entire episode where I just recount how great Cube is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like the only magic I've played for like the past little while. Yep. Um nice bit of time off over Christmas and New Year and spend a lot of that just cubing. It's been great fun. Yeah, uh, any free moment I have, I just like fire up a draft if I, if I can and play some games. It's been it's been really good. The cube is always fun. I think this this iteration of the cube has been really, really good as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's been it's been fun. I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't think it's my favourite iteration, but it, it is, it's definitely been fun. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I've been enjoying all the Eldraine cards that are in the, the Modern Horizons cards. They have been good fun. But, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I could. I could literally talk about it for at least an hour. But, yeah, I guess we should just... Do you wanna, we've got quite a lot to cover, so you want to get straight into straight into Theros Beyond Death cards? 
Yeah, let's go for it. Let's jump right in. And I think it's only fitting seeing Warren Theros to, to talk about the gods. Yeah. Let's start off with the gods. So, we have, first of all, the return of Heliod. This is Heliod Suncrowned. It's two and a white for a 5-5 legendary enchantment creature. God. It's an indestructible. As long as your devotion to white is less than five, Heliod isn't a creature. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control. And you can pay one and a white. Another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn. Right, so when I first saw this, I was like, ah, this is bad. This is just, yeah. you know, mono white doing mono white things when you gain life, put plus one, plus one counters on it. Oh, life, life gain. Oh, yeah, sure. So ah, this card's quite bad. I'll move on and look at the next, the next previewed card. Um, and then someone just put up a picture of Walking Ballista. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's the return of Splinter Twin. Well, not really. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, but you have to go, like, turn two, make a Walking Ballista, turn three, make Heliod, then turn four, you combo off and kill them? Uh, you can combo off on turn three. Turn one, Mana Dork, so, like, Land War Elves. Uh, turn two, Heliod. Turn three, Walking Blister and Raging Fountain. Sweet, okay. And then, yeah, it's just just infinite because whenever you gain a life put a plus one plus one counter on uh on walking blister and so you give walking blister life link with heliod so you just remove a counter add a counter remove a counter add a counter yeah i mean i'm not sure about like the shell that this goes in yeah uh but i mean i guess kind of anywhere you can try and slot it into whether the green-white company decks or whether they're playing company or not, but the green-white devoted druid decks. Yeah, yeah. It's just like another another way to kill, I guess. I'm sure there's a, there's a build somewhere, and maybe it'll be a problem, but we'll have to find out. I yeah, guess. I don't think it's probably good enough for modern, but I think Pioneer... Yeah, Pioneer is probably good. It's probably part that I'll get Walking Blister behind in Pioneer, to be honest. Mate, Walking Blister was just a mistake at this point. Yeah, I think it's fair to say probably. That card, like, because that card was oppressive and miserable while it was in standard. Everything it's doing outside of standard, it just isn't fair. And now it's part of a part of a fairly easy to assemble infinite combo in Pioneer. So kind of hate yeah, this card. Uh, yeah, quite probably. I, I I do love the card. I think Warm Blister's a, a fantastic card. I, I do just kind of feel like it's a little bit more of like a card that has been like mostly fine, if not like just just mostly good for as long as it's been around, and then suddenly there's a print something that breaks it, which. I always find it a bit annoying, but what can you do? I mean, it's bound to happen eventually, right? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, outside of that, Heliod's, like, very mediocre. Yeah, agreed. Like, it might see some standard play in a sideboard or something, maybe, but, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't see it seeing much competitive play outside of being a, being a part of the combo. Wait, is it going for it with Spike Feeder as well? Ooh, I need to read the text on Spike Feeder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would assume so, but I haven't read Spike Feeder for a long time. Oh, that used to be in a cube. Remove a plus one plus one counter, you gain two life. Yeah, you gain infinite life. Yeah. So that's, I mean, another thing you can put in that deck, I guess. There's another yeah, one way. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And those you, I don't know, those you can find off company. You can hit, like, both Heliod and Spike Feeder off company. Yeah, sure. And then gain infinite life, and then just have infinite life. Yeah, well, that was like that was a thing for modern decks for a while. Like, just yeah. gaining infinite life was normally enough. Uh, yeah, maybe. So yeah, white gets a bad card that happens to be an infinite combo. Sweet. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit of an odd one. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm probably with you. I'm like a little bit underwhelmed, like given like how Heliod is meant to be like kind of like like you know, the Zeus figure, really, like the the head god of the pantheon. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not very impressive outside of that, like outside of those two specific combos, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. But, you know, we can't expect Watsy to print good white cards, can we? <laughs> cool, so next up, we have Thassa, Deep Dwelling. That's three and a blue for a legendary enchantment creature god. It's a 6-5, indestructible, as long as your devotion to blue is less than five. Thassa isn't a creature. At the beginning of your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. You need to pay three and a blue to tap another target creature. This card seems great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just um, a soul herder, right? Yeah. So four mana yeah. soul, her- soul herder in standard. Um, I don't know if there's much ETB stuff going on. Really in standard. I mean, there might be. We'll we'll see. We'll see. You know, uh, we'll see shortly when we talk about some other cards later on. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I don't think this card's as good as the original Thassa. Yeah, agreed. But it's only powerful, and it's like, I imagine there's probably a way to, to do some fun stuff with it, but it seems very much more like a commander card than it does any other kind of constructed card to me. I, I agree. I, I feel like that's kind of the vibe I get from, from all of the cards, really. Like, they've been designed with like with commander in mind as, uh, as, as the main focus, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, same. I think I am. Oh, really? You're fine with them just printing straight-up commander cards? Yeah, I mean... It's it's twenty twenty like <laughs> new new world order. We we know that commander is definitely a design space that they're going to exploit at every opportunity they, they can. It's just frustrating to see it when like they've got so many places to print commander cards. Yeah, that they would make a standard mythic be a commander card. Yeah, but you know, I guess you got to make commander players buy packs as well as just like the the uh, precons and stuff, right? Yeah, that's it. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Thassa seems cool, uh, but I, I don't think she'll see that much by. No, I, I I mean, there's like some kind of cute stuff you're going to be like Yarok, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, blinking stuff, but yeah, it's kind of underwhelming from a standard point of view, or a constructor point of view, I guess. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Well, next up we have Erebos, Black-Hearted. Three in a black for a legendary enchantment creature, god. So 5-6, indestructible, as long as your devotion to black is less than 5, Erebos isn't a creature. Whenever another creature you control dies, you may pay 2 life. If you do, draw a card. And you can pay 1 to black, sacrifice another creature. Target creature gets minus 2, minus 1 until end of turn. Bleak-hearted. Bleak-hearted, yes, not black-hearted. <laughs> I, yeah, I read it as black-hearted the first time I saw it as well. Um, okay, so it's a 4-mana version of... What's the card from? Allegiance? Guilds? That draws a card when a creature dies? Grim Harrowspecs type guy? I cannot remember. Excellent. We'll have to see how good, like, kind of tokeny strategies or, like, recursive creatures are to make the like yeah, the yeah. last ability good. It kind of reminds me of, like, a bad Yorgmoth. It's a very bad Yorgmoth, yeah. Because <laughs> you get to sack, sack creatures for free with Yorgmoth. Yeah. And draw a card. Uh, it's just, what, what is that card called? I'm going to have to look up another card. Midnight? something oh, midnight reaper midnight reaper that's the one yeah. yeah it's just like a kind of worse midnight reaper with like a cute ability tacked on i'm not sure is that relevant 
Yeah. Minus two, minus one is like kind of mopey. Yeah, like in a format full of like four mana six sixes and like, yeah, like lands that are three threes. And yeah, like minus two, minus one isn't going to do anything really. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah, and it's also like, because at least Midnight Reaper can also just like get in in the red zone. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Erebus is quite what you want to be doing in like a, a model like Devotion deck, getting it up to be a creature. Uh, I agree. I, I don't think Erebus is, is particularly good. I mean, I will say that all the arts on these cards are sweet. My favourite thing about them is, is the art, to be honest. The art is incredible. And the, the legendary enchantment creature border is sweet. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, Erebus is kind of medium, mediocre. Yeah. Again, like we have to preface all of this with, like, we've been wrong before. <laughs> we've been very wrong before. Yeah, but I think, like, with these, when you look at everything else that's going on in Standard, like, they just have, like, so little impact. Yeah, they really do. Like, Erebus, like minus two, minus one, what's that going to kill? Like, like, a cauldron familiar that they're just going to have been dragged from the graveyard. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, this could slot into that deck, you've right? You've like, a creature and you've paid two life to draw a card, and then they're just going to get you for another one. Like, yeah, like, yeah, maybe it can go in that deck, but... And it's kind of cute, right? Yeah, but is it any better than what, like, Trailer Crumbs is already doing? I mean, maybe not, but, like... With the cat deck, you negate the two life down to one, then they also lose a life, so you both lose a life and you draw a card. Yeah. So that's kind of sweet. I'm not sure it's much better than Trailer Crumbs, but it's interesting at least. Yeah, I guess so. I just think it's probably just more of a commander thing. <laughs> it's probably not, it's not that good in commander though. You already have so many ways to like draw cards when creatures die, and like your moth is just strictly better than this card. Yeah, but do you like newer and casual players know that? No, I don't care about newer and casual players, Joe. That's well no. established. That's <laughs> quarter profit reports, do you? Yeah, they really do. Yeah. Anyway, yep. next up we have Perforos Bronze Blooded. This is four and a red for a legendary creature enchantment god. Indestructible is a seven six. As long as your devotion to red is less than five, Perforos isn't a creature. Other creatures you control have haste, and you can pay two and a red. You may put a red creature card or an artifact creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Sacrifice at the beginning of the next end step. This, it's a big dig. It is. This is... I love this card. And mm. definitely need to acquire a foil one to put in my Ilhagi DH deck. Sure. Um, so it's a three mana... It's like a four mana... A five mana sneak attack that costs three mana to activate. And you can only put in red and artifact creatures. Eight mana sneak attack. Instead of a five mana sneak attack. Yeah, you can like put in an Ilhag, right? <laughs> <laughs> put yeah. in the hog, then the hog puts in something else. I mean, it's cute, but yeah, again, it's just very much. It very much feels like a commander card. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't feel like this will have constructed applications in any reasonable way. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, what? Like, in a red deck, what are you going to play five mana for to put into play? I mean, sorry, what are you going to put play like eight mana to put into play? There's like a double striking dragon. There's the uh, card from M20, the dragon from M20, the legendary dragon from M20. Yeah. There's Ilhog, obviously. Wait, it comes into play with haste, doesn't it? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah. You can put in, like, a meteor golem. That's kind of cute. I guess so. <laughs> Man, those guys are so <laughs> underwhelming. I know, it just, it just, yeah, like, it, it, as far as, like, standard goes, it just feels like unplayable because you're never gonna you're never gonna have that mana or 
spend that mana that way in like a mono red deck and then in like your red green decks like green like the, the ramp from green and like the green creatures like the raid on green creatures is is just ridiculous and doesn't care about that like you're gonna like on on turn four you're gonna play a perforos from a mana dork or you're just gonna play like a, a quest and beast and then swing in with your mana dork and your quest and beast like, yep yeah i agree i agree this card seems kind of annoying which is a shame yeah like they're all really cool and like they're really cool, cool to look at the designs are like okay as far as like commander goes but i just don't think they're going to see any standard play no i'd be inclined to agree so next up finally we have nylia keen-eyed it's three and a green for a legendary enchantment creature god indestructible and as long as your devotion to green is less than five nylia isn't a creature creature spells you cast cost one less to cast you can pay two in a green to reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it in your hand. Otherwise, you may put it into your graveyard. And Maria is a 5-6. So, grindy green card? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this doesn't feel better than anything green's currently doing. Yeah, again, it's it's four mana. Like, are you, Do you want to play this, or do you just want to play a quest and beast and play the game? <laughs> yeah, but you play this, and the next turn you cast a quest and beast for three mana. Sure. And then, I don't know. <laughs> Next turn, cast two questing, but I don't know. <laughs> and then you have like the, the died legend rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have like the three mana, like reveal the top card. The, 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 the top card is not even like look at the top four or anything like that. Like we've had yeah. on like. Or like you know, exile the top card. You can play creatures as if they had flash. Like, you know, like that other cool green mythic that we have in standard. Which one's that? Vivian. Oh, Vivian. Water Spark? Yeah, it's rare. When you said mythic, it threw me. I was like, I know that oh, card, and then yeah, I don't know that card. It's not even mythic, yeah. yeah that that's that's the comparison I was going to draw. Like, I'd rather just be playing Vivian in a green deck if I want like a like card draw. Yeah, that just seems better. Ah, oh, god, these cards just seem kind of annoying. I don't think the the reducing the cost on creatures is particularly relevant either. Because by the time you get to four mana, I imagine you probably got some mana dorks. Like, reducing your cost by one is like yeah, like negligible. There were enough cards printed in this set. Where it just it feels like it's going to be very easy and very common to see like Nissa who shakes the world out on turn three. Mm-hmm. But living in that world, then like one mana doesn't mean anything. Like when all of your lands are forests and all of those forests tap for an additional green mana. And become three threes. Yeah, and also become three threes. And yeah, this this card just just feels so underwhelming. It really does. Maybe maybe the multicolor gods are more exciting. Maybe. Do you want to talk about some multicolor gods? Let's talk about some multicolor gods. Which ones do you want to start with? So up first, uh, we have uh, Clothis, God of Destiny. It's one red green for a legendary enchantment creature god. As indestructible, uh, is a four five. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Clothis isn't, isn't a creature. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, exile target creature from a graveyard. If it was a land card, add red or green. Otherwise, you gain two life and Clothis deals two damage to each opponent. Did you say exile target creature card? Exile target card from a graveyard. <laughs> Sweet. Um, this card, okay, this one's actually, this seems quite good. I'm into this yeah. one more than I've been into the, the monocolored one so far. Yeah, like, you rarely, like, very rarely exile a land card. You're always gonna. You're always gonna want of some. Going to get rid of something that they can get back. That they can cast later with escape or, or just an online card just to deal like the the two damage. Uh, I think in like Gruel Agro decks or like some sort of like Jund Agro deck, then 
yeah, you can probably just play this on, on turn three and be happy enough with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, getting it to be, to be a creature is probably quite difficult. Yeah, agreed. But just like as a constant source of damage and potentially an occasional source of mana boost is like very, like, I don't know, I'm interested in it, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'm a lot more interested in this than um, any any of the, the previous gods we've talked about. Yeah, you just, let, you just get to stack on damage with that. And it's like a four-point four life swing as well with the life gain. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in this. And especially, yeah, like you said, like with escape being... I guess we haven't mentioned that yet, but <laughs> escape being sort of the big mechanic from this set and there's certainly being a lot of playable escape cards. Yeah. Um, I like that as like sort of a main deckable piece of hate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, if you ever get to actually turn it into a creature, it's just kind of nuts. Also, the art on this card is incredible. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I like it a lot. I think this is probably my favourite art in this set. Uh, it's it's not mine, but I do like it a lot. It's really good. But yeah, the card's interesting. I'll honestly, whether it's his play or not, but I'd be a fan of this yeah, one. I think out of, the, out of the gods we've spoken about so far, I think it's the most likely. Yeah. Other than, obviously, of course, Heliod. And it's a whole its infinite combo ability. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that wasn't a mistake, and they definitely intended for that to happen, and really want an infinite combo to be legal in Pioneer. Yes. Seems great. Cool. Right. Up next, why don't we hit Planeswalkers? Do you not want to talk about the other god? Is there another god? Yeah. Athreos, the commander card. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, Athreos Shroudveiled, uh, which isn't actually in the set. This one is the Biobox promo. Woohoo. It's four white-black for a legendary enchantment creature god. Indestructible to 4 7, and as long as your devotion to white and black is less than 7, Athros is in a creature. At the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another target creature, and whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. Um, yeah, this is very much a commander card. Yeah, definitely. How uninteresting. Un- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's. The only, I, I guess like they're trying to make Biobox promos not busted anymore again. They're continuing to try that. Which yeah, is a good a good idea. I'm, I'm glad yeah, they're not. Like, like, I mean, it it just seems to be like a bit of a pattern now. Like there'll be a terrible one, and then the next one will be very good, and then there'll be a terrible one, and the next one will be good, and then there'll be a terrible one, and so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this this one is terrible, but it's it's certainly not good enough for standard play. I don't think Kenrith was good. I don't think it's I think, too good. I think it's just like it fit very well with the format as it evolved. I think they yeah. designed a very fair card that was clearly like marketed at casual players and commander players, and then it just happened to be busted with a card fires invention, which admittedly yeah. was in the same set. <laughs> but yeah. they like whereas like Athros is very clearly like they designed this to be a commander card. It costs six mana. What it does is far too slow and whatever for actual constructive play. So, yeah, I don't think there's like, I, there hasn't been a busted one since Nexus Effect, which is like obviously a problem. Sure. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, I do think Kenrith, yeah, or yeah, Kenrith was was very good, but that was most, but more thanks to Pyro's Invention being a stupid card that probably shouldn't have been printed, that will probably get banned at some point this year. Oh, we can only hope. Yeah. That was one of your predictions, right? For the year? Yeah. Yeah. Fully stand by that, that prediction. Wonderful. Now that we've finished all the guards, trying to move on to some planeswalkers. Yeah, let's go for it. So, uh, first up, she's back. It is Elspeth, Sun's Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Two white, white for legendary planeswalker Elspeth. It has three uh, loyalty abilities. So it's minus one. Up to two target creatures you control each get 
plus two, plus one for land of turn. Minus two, create two one one white human soldier creature tokens. And minus three, you gain five life. And then she also has escape, so it's four white white, exile four other cards from your graveyard. You may cast this card from your graveyard for its escape cost. Did you mention that she starts with five loyalty? Uh, no, but she does start with five. <laughs> she does. So we have our first escape card. Yes. Um, which I guess we'll talk about in uh, in its entirety with this card. But, okay, do you think this is good? Reading this card, do you think this is a good magic card? So reading the card, I think it is a bit underwhelming. Um I think, like, the minus three gain five life may as well just not be on the card. Mm -hmm. Uh, The minus two seems fine. Like, pay four mana to, like, raise the alarm twice. Sure, that checks out. Uh, And the minus one, up to two target creatures in control, you get plus two, plus one blend of turn. Might, Might win you the game, like, I don't know, like, once. Like, you'll get to, like, cast an Elspeth, minus it to give one of your creatures which has trample plus two plus one, then you, you sneak in for the you know, extra two points of damage you needed or whatever. Yeah, that, that seems fine for minus one ability. And then the escape uh, six mana to recur this from your graveyard. That seems very good to me. Four cards is a lot. It's 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 a fair amount, yeah. Which is the, I think that's a lot of my... Um going to be a lot of my points with most of the escape cards just like it's so many to have to exile yeah but i guess at the point where you've already cast an elspeth um i imagine like the game has gone on for a fair while so you probably have four other cards to to exile in order to escape this yeah i would assume so i really don't i, I really don't know how to properly evaluate escape until the cards are actually printed and we get to play them yeah so with Elspeth, uh, I have played with it a little bit already from uh, Arena. So obviously they, they unveiled this card and a couple of the other cards we're going to talk about uh, at the Game Awards at the end of last year. And there was a, a short, cool event that they put on, on Arena where they they had an Elspeth deck and an Ashiok deck and you got to play them against each other. But they were filled with just like just an abundance of, of like odd cards that were just kind of a mishmash from all over. Like you had like... like Black Lotus and Ancestral Recall and Soul Ring and all these nonsense cards that they're never going to print in the standard, like, ever. And these cards will never interact with outside of that specific event. Mm-hmm. You did get to play with Elspeth, and Escape did feel very good in that deck when you when you got to, to do it. Yeah, I can believe that. It's just, like, it just keeps making creatures, I guess. Yeah. Is what you do. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a Planeswalker. It doesn't feel like it'll play the same way as all the planeswalkers we used to in standard have been, yeah. especially when you compare it to like stuff like Oko, which is we've said enough about that card. But I think it it seems to play a lot more like a recurrable saga. Yeah, which I guess we'll touch on <laughs> at some point during during this episode. I think, I just think it's cool though. I think it's it's like it's interesting planeswalker design, which is fantastic. It, it seems like. A lot better than a lot of the planeswalkers we saw in War of the Spark, and yet it manages to be something completely different. It doesn't feel like any other planeswalker we've seen before, really. Like yeah, sure, it does some similar things that Elspeth does, but everything she does ticks down, and then you get to recover from your graveyard. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
it's um it'll probably be a player but like what white cards are you playing alongside this the white cards are so medium yeah that, that's it like i don't know i assume this just goes into a knight's deck and you're playing um you're playing like the like a one mana white knight you're playing the knight that whenever you cast a knight spell create a one one knight token yeah and then obviously you got your fabled passages as well to fill up your graveyard for escape uh, Field of Ruin as well. It's a card we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, I mean, it feels. It honestly feels quite a lot like History of Benalia. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say it's probably quite a fair comparison, to what be honest. You, like, it's four mana instead of three, but you get to go make two power, make two power. I mean, like, add four power. Yeah. I guess, and then, and then she dies, and then obviously the, the escape or something like that, but it feels like that kind of card. So if there's, like, a white weenie type deck... I guess this will be this will this will be one like one of the best cards of the deck, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of as someone that was very excited for the return of Elspeth, it feels kind of underwhelming compared to like Sun's Champion and yeah. Knight Errant and Tyrol. <laughs> but we'll have to see how it plays. Maybe maybe I'm completely off, but it just feels like kind of a little unexciting for what I wanted Elspeth to do on her return. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel like once you play with the card, you'll probably appreciate it. A bit more, but yeah, I I think it's I think it's fair to to have that evaluation. I I just I wish we had like the story at this point because I think it would be quite cool if that was like like a nice sort of like flavor win. Like Elspeth's trying to break out of Nyx, but she keeps she keeps dying, and then she has to that's you know she has to escape. She gets out, and she thinks she's going to get out, and then. She has to, then she dies again, and she keeps going. You know, we we saw some strange things from the trailer, like you see her go towards you know the exit of Nyx, and she's going to escape, and then oh suddenly she's taken, and then she, she's dragged down below, and then she dies, but then a spark reignites. So like if it was some sort of sort of like thematic way of showing that, that would be quite cool. But like as of as of the time of recording, we don't really know anything about the story. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but <clears throat> that trailer was really cool. By the way, the only thing we've mentioned on the podcast yet. I enjoy that trailer very much. Yeah, I I enjoy the trailer. I think out of like the the new wave trailers that we're getting for Magic, I think it's probably the the weakest one so far. But it it, it was still pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cool. So now that Elspeth's dealt with in a kind yes. of roundabout way, do you want to move on to your favorite Planeswalker? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Next up, we have Ashiok Nightmare Views. So three new. Legendary Planeswalker Ashiok it has plus one, create a 2 3 blue and black nightmare creature token with whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of the library. Minus three, return target non land permanent to its owner's hand, then that player exiles the card from their hand. And minus seven, you may cast up to three face up cards your opponents own from exile without paying their mana cost. And Ashiok has five loyalty. I'm so glad none of these Planeswalkers cost three mana. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's my first thing. I think that's probably good. I think there was probably a time where Elspeth cost three mana. Yeah, testing. Um, all right, this card is okay. Yeah, I, I think if Ashiok had been printed like a year or two ago, we would be very excited about this card. I it it feels like to me it feels like that that same templating that like Teferi had. Yeah. 
like it starts at like a, like a reasonable amount of loyalty. It has like an ultimate that seems fairly achievable. The plus one is 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 okay. It's decent. So whenever that creature attacks or blocks, that's cool, and it protects itself from plus one. It's always always a plus. And then the minus three to to bounce something, and then the exile a card seems pretty good. Seems fantastic in the late game if they like have no cards in hand and you get rid of their biggest thing and they exile it. But I think when you're comparing it to like things that we have in standard currently, again, it just kind of looks a bit underwhelming. And I, I don't know, I don't know if a it's going to be good enough on its own, or b there will actually be any sort of playable shell for this this card. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. It, I I kind of wish the two three made them discard. I think that would be that would be better. Yeah, probably a little bit too powerful, but a lot more compelling. I think. Yeah, minus three to Din River Horror is weird. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess you, you get to the point in like you're playing as some kind of control deck if one emerges in the format, which, based on how the format seems to be looking, it seems unlikely. Um, but I guess then the the minus three is just removal, which is fine. But like, I, I, this doesn't seem much better than like Garrick from Eldraine. Yeah, and it costs one less, but it's like everything it's doing is slightly worse. I guess like the like exiling two doesn't really matter because it's not it's not like the the previous Ashiok where it was just like milling them for three every turn and that like became like a reasonable win condition and then the other ability interacted with that but like this is only building to the ultimate yeah but I think I think having them exile the cards is a lot better than having them in the graveyard especially if escape is going to be a playable mechanic oh yeah definitely definitely I agree with that I just think it seems it, it kind of doesn't like milling unless milling is like the way that you win the game is kind of a zero sum action a lot of the time, yeah. In Magic, unless you're like planning to mill them out, like having them mill two every turn, and I guess like you get to make loads of these, so eventually it might become a win condition where you just mill them out. But like it doesn't actually impact the game in any kind of way. Like sure you might yeah. mi- like you might mill one of their good cards, but that card also equally could have been on the bottom of their library. Yeah. So it, it doesn't actually change like a, a library in a random order. But I guess yeah, if you, you get to continually attack with them I guess and you get they get to survive then you probably just win the game off that yeah the thing that annoys me is is that it's a 2-3 so it can't block a questing beast it can't block a questing beast yep so Ashiok just probably dies like uh, yeah like sure Ashiok goes to 2 but like it just dies next turn <sighs> I, I don't know I really want to like this card uh, I think this card will be an auto-include in, in my cube, definitely. I think this is going to be a really cool cube card. Yeah. But as far as standard, like, I just I just don't think there's going to be the shell to play this card. Like, like maybe maybe there's a decent blue-black mill deck, but I think when you you just look at everything else that's going on in standard, I think this is... It's just not going to get there. Which is a real shame. Yeah, I agree. I also don't like the art very much. It's fine. It's nowhere near yeah, as good as the original Ashok art. Yeah, or the the one from War of the Spark, either. I think yeah. that one is. Yeah. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, that's uh, we seem to have started with like uninspiring cards we don't really like. <laughs> Let's move on to some cards we do like. So there is another return, uh, another very exciting return. Uh, this is Pelucranos Unchained. Yeah. Two black green for a legendary creature, Zombie Hydra. Hell yeah. Pelucranos is a zero zero. But Pelucranos enters the battlefield with 6 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. It escapes with 12 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it instead. If damage would be dealt to Pelucranos while it has a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it, prevent that damage and remove that many plus 1 plus 1 counters from it. 
You can pay one black green for Kronos fights another target creature, and the escape cost is four black green and exile six of our cards from your graveyard. Six is so many. It is, but it's doable. Yeah, I mean, four mana six six is just great, and yep. then it has repeatable removal on it, and then I guess it gets smaller after that, so you can like beat up like a four four, I guess. Yeah. Like beat up a questing beast or something like it's that. Blocks, yeah, blocks a questing beast all day long. Uh, not all day long. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, literally once. Blocks <laughs> <laughs> a questing beast once, but at least that would kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You block a questing beast once and it and it, and it dies, I guess. And then yeah. you have a two-two Pelucranos. Uh, yeah, this card's. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on with this card. The, like the repeat removal, the fact that it's recursive. Like when it comes back as a six mana twelve-twelve, seems kind of silly. Yeah, yeah, I like this card. Yeah, it, it seems really good. Uh, I think any sort of like any like Jund style deck is probably going to play play this card. I think um, maybe even just some sort of like green black decent stuff deck will find a home there. Yeah, it just like I don't know. Do you like maths? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the maths with this is going to be kind of annoying. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I like it. I think I like it less than the original Pelucanos. Yeah, quite probably. The original Pelucanos was so good. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, uh, but I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how this card goes. But I think the, I think the design's cool. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the most playable cards that we've we've talked about so far. I think. Sweet. Okay. Do you want to try and find some more more playable cards? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's hype it up. We'll find some more. Uh, so next up. We have. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go Hakdos the Unscarred? Oh yeah, Hakdos. Let's go Hakdos the Unscarred. Uh, it's red, red, white, white for a legendary creature, human warrior. Hakdos the Unscarred attacks each combat if able. As Hakdos enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. Hakdos has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number, and Hakdos is a six-one. The hell is this card? <laughs> this is like. Hearthstone dot card. It's so, it's so weird. Yeah, this this is a card that I, I feel like, prior to Arena, like this this just wouldn't enter design space at all. Like they wouldn't think, like it just wouldn't be possible to design this card. But like, can you imagine playing this on Arena? Like, so because we're having an, we were having an interesting discussion about this this card the other day, like. But it was first spoiled. You imagine playing this on Arena. So you're you're a new player. You're like, oh, I want to play Magic. Magic is really cool. I've heard about that game. I'll go play it. Oh, Arena. That's the place where people go and play it. That seems good. I can play it at my own house, and I don't really have to spend a lot of money. And then you play against a Hackdos. You're like, okay. And then they roll a dice. I imagine. Well, not 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 Arena, but the the ch- number gets chosen at random. Yeah. And you go, oh, okay. It must have like protection from that number, I guess, which is weird. And then you have to like understand what protection is as a new player, which is a like annoying thing anyway. Yeah. And it's oh it's protection from everything but that number. And it just like leads to a lot of fail bads. Yeah. I feel this card is so weirdly why is it two, three, or four? Why is it not just a number chosen at random? Why <laughs> why does it have to be two, three, or four? I, I wish I had an answer for you, but I just, I, I just don't. I really don't. And, um, like that that also seems incredibly good. Yeah, it's this card is is fantastic, I think. That's so stupid. I was I'm also against the fact that in the um in the art, Hactos is wearing armor. Yeah, which has a six-one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he should be naked. Yeah, I mean it's 
he's Achilles though, right? Isn't he? That's where the, the inspiration for this 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 character comes from. He's he's Achilles. He attacks each combat, um, and he has protection from everything except for one specific weakness, which is going to be converted kind of mana cost two, three, or four in this this case. Mm-hmm. Many have sought my weakness. All have failed, except yeah. like I guess an assassin's trophy or something. <laughs> when it doesn't have protection from two. Um, yeah, this is a hell of a card. Yeah, it's agreed. Possibly playable in humans? Ooh, quite possibly, yeah. I mean, the mana's like kind of primitive, but like you have... Um, you, know, you have Aether Vile. You have Aether Vile and you have eight Rainbow Lands. Yeah. So, it's possible, isn't it? It's like a hell of a card. Six, six one with protection from basically everything. Yeah. And it always has protection from, from path and push and bolt. So, it's interesting at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this this card's yeah, great. I, I think it's it's definitely a consideration there. Um, yeah, it, it seems very good, and I I think I'm definitely going to lose to it in standard a lot when like someone sticks an Ember Cleave on it. Oh yeah, that's what you want. I mean, uh, as a card that's like as, in terms of a top down design. This card's great. I do like that. Like it's Achilles, and like you know, how can if we wanted to design Achilles, what would it look like? Yeah, this is pretty sweet. But I mean, it's a hell of a card. That text box is so strange. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah new players are going to lose to this a lot because they don't understand what the hell it does. I mean, I'm going to lose to it a lot because I don't understand what the hell it oh, does. Oh, yeah, same. This is the card that is going to cause so many problems at pre-releases. Oh, absolutely. It's a very cool one, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think I'm glad it exists. It's just very strange, and I, I guess this is like it's just just more sort of instances of of, of designs and, and things that we're not used to that wouldn't have wouldn't have even been possible in the past. But now we now we're in esport, we get to see a lot more sort of crazy, weird, and wonderful cards like this. Yeah, like um, deciding on the uh, random number in paper is going to be a pain. Yeah, because you roll a d six, a d four. Can you really roll a d four? Yeah, you can roll a d4. Not very well. Yeah. You roll a d6 and just keep rolling 1s, 5s, and 6s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, this card's, this card's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing it beat everyone's face in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, next up, we have Nyx Lotus. Oh, yeah. For, for a legendary artifact, Nyx Lotus enters the battlefield tapped. Tap it, choose a colour. Add an amount of mana of that colour equal to your devotion to that colour. I love that it has reminder text for what devotion is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we don't get Nykthos. We do not get Nykthos, no. Which is my, which was my call for this. So it was like my whole conspiracy theory. Like, oh, they don't want to ban Nykthos in Pioneer because they're printing it in the next in the next Theros set. And yeah. then they, they didn't. I I mean, I, I, it's the 6th of January, but I'm already going to call that not printing Nykthos in this set is the biggest mistake they're going to make all year. That is not remotely true. <laughs> you know that's not going to be true. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know. That's the biggest mistake. Yes, I'm going to call that call here. I'm going to take my shot now. No, no, it'll be in like Commander Legends or something. Yeah, but it should have been in this set. Yeah. Anyway, Nyx Lotus. Yes. Um, This card is not that good. <laughs> it's a strange one, right? Yeah, it's people have used this better than Gilded Lotus. No. Like, is this worse than Gilded Lotus? No, 
I don't know. Gilded Lotus isn't that good. I think that's that's a little bit of a soapbox moment, is that Gilded Lotus isn't not good. Please stop putting it in your Commander decks. <laughs> Commander hasn't been about casting five mana mana rocks for quite some time now. And this is just like... like You're going to have the stupid turns where you cast this on like on, on a board where your devotion to green or whatever is just like absurd and you get to tap it for 12 mana. Yeah. And like, but even then, like, what are you casting with, with 12 mana, I guess, with like... You only have a certain amount of cards in hand, right? Then sometimes it's going to tap for zero. It doesn't add mana immediately because the thing with Guild Alerts is you tap it for five. So you cast it for five and you immediately tap it for three and you can cast a spell, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like one of the draws. And, and then next turn you tap with so much mana you just get to win the game. But this one, like, it ends the battlefield tapped and then you untap and, like, maybe have a stupid amount of mana. Maybe have, like, a very small amount of mana. Maybe have no mana. So, like, I'm going to pick loads of these up in foil because, I mean, first of all, it's going to look really nice in foil. But. I don't think this is that good. Honestly, like I think it's been massively overhyped because you read that text and you're like, oh, this is really good and then you think about how devotion works and you're like, maybe it won't be that good. And Enter's tapped and it costs four mana and I'm just like, yeah. four, in terms of four mana in terms of making crazy mana, you already have Smothering Tithe. No, I'm, I'm fully with you on this one. I I just don't think this is a good card. Like like I've said, like every time they've printed a Mox in the past like three years, <laughs> You, like you just you can't you can't beat the design they've already done and like this this certainly I don't think this is as good as Gold Lotus and I don't think this is as good as like Lotus Bloom uh, and it's, it's certainly never going to be as good as Black Lotus even if it if you do have instances where it makes more money uh, it's it's definitely unplayable on standard uh, which is a shame because like hey it's another cool and interesting artifact that we're just never going to get to see in that non-existent artifact deck that they keep trying to make a thing but then not commit to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think it has a home in, in Pioneer or, or certainly not in Modern. No. So uh, I think this is, this is definitely a commander card that will have newer and casual players excited because it's a Lotus and you can play your, your mono-green commander deck and make like a million mana on like turn 12 or whatever i think the thing is like i mean four mana for a mana rock isn't really a thing like i'm, I'm sick of people being like oh i have loads of ramp i have this like this nyx lotus and this gilded lotus and the smothering towers like that's not ramp you have to get to four mana first and yeah. then even then this might not even tap for much because the thing with thing with nykthas is it still it taps for mana on turns one two three and four like it taps for a colorless and that's something and, yeah. and then if you don't have the devotion, then sure, it's still a land. It's like the, the Gaia's Cradle problem, where like Gaia's Cradle is absurd until you don't have any creatures. And this is probably absurd until you don't have any devotion, which is a lot of the time. And Gaia's Cradle, you get to cast on turn one or two for and tap for mana. Whereas Nyxlos, you get to play on turn four, or maybe earlier if you ramp into it, which I imagine you probably will do. And then it doesn't do anything. And then you have to untap it and then hope that you have enough devotion yeah. to make it really good. So, I don't know, maybe you get, like, I don't know, are there any one-drop green creatures that are any good? Into, Golden Goose. Yeah, you, like, Goose into Yorvo into this, and then, like, cast some kind of absurd big thing. Like, sure, but I'm not very impressed with this card. I don't know, it's fine. It's a commander card that I, I kind of like the design of. I think it could have entered untapped and been fine. And cost three mana. It probably could have done, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think at least be like a bit more thematic as well. It costs three because, like, giving Black Lotus makes three mana. Yeah, that's what you do. You ca you cast a Black Lotus, 
and you sacrifice it and you cast a Nixler as the cost three mana now, I mean, you'd have it for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sick of like these kind of like mopey mana rocks. You can't even cast it off Workshop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad you can't even cast it off Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where it'll tap for roughly zero mana every time. Okay. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I agree. This. This card is bad, but I'm sure casual commander players will love it, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like this this is the thing. It's just like we've been talking about standard cards and like potentially pioneer and modern cards. I'm like, "Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe this is thing. And as soon as we get into my wheelhouse, I'm like, "No, this card sucks." (laughs) Great, cool. (laughs) I'm very happy about that. Should we talk about some cards that don't suck? Um, I'm trying to very, very much. (laughs) What you got? How about a card that is going to completely ruin standard? Go on. We've got Uro, a Titan of Nature's Wrath. One green blue. Hold on, where have we seen that cost before? <laughs> Great legendary creature. It's an elder giant. Sweet. When Uro enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain three life and draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm. Escape is green, green, blue, blue, and exile five other cards from your graveyard. And it's six, six. So before we move anywhere, I have two things to say. Yes. One, this looks like a rejected Kamigawa card. <laughs> sure. Both in name and art. Two, I'm definitely going to call this Uwu, Titan of Nature's <laughs> Wrath, 100%. <laughs> Uwu. It sounds like Uwu. Sure. Right, where the hell is this card? Uh, yeah, this card's stupid. So three mana explore that gains you three life. Wait, three mana growth spiral? Like, oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's I mean, it's still exploring it as well because it's a sorcery, I guess technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Sorcery breed, growth spiral. That costs one more, but you gain through life. So nothing like it's growth spiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this card's great, and then it turns into a four mana six six that also does that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely absurd. Like for me, it just makes this very clear that like. Standard. Standard is going to get very silly. Like, the deck build it, builds itself. It's you turn one, you want to have a Gilded Goose, or you want to have uh, Arboreal Grazer. Hell yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so you play an Arboreal Grazer on turn one. On turn two, you play your Uro, well, you play a land, and then you play your Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. You draw a card, preferably a land, put a land into play, gain three life. Put the Uro in the graveyard, and then turn three, you play a Nissa who shakes the world. Yep. You can also play Hydroid Crisis because you've got a million mana from like your, your mana dorks, your Nissa, and your Uro. Uh, and then also you can just play Tamio because like Tamio seems amazing with this card. Like you can either put cards in your graveyard to to help fuel escape, or you can minus three and get it back from your graveyard and put it in your hand. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty much like the core of standard for the next. Yeah, I guess really. I'm. I don't know, man. I'm just not sure. Like blue and green cards are good in standard. I mean, <laughs> this does cost one green blue. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we've seen other cards that cost that have have a real effect. Yeah, I don't think it's as Oko good. It's still very so, yeah. good. I, I don't think it's a, it's as good as Oko, but I think this is probably the power level Oko should have been. It's just yeah, the fact that like early game, early game it ramps you, gains you some life, draws you a card, and then like yeah, later in the game 
it does that, but then you also have a 6-6. Six, six. It, it's ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. It's also interesting that sacrificing it, sacrificing it unless it escaped is a trigger. Yeah. So there's probably some nonsense you can do with that somewhere. Yeah, probably. Respond to that trigger and do some, some, some sort of stuff. Um, yeah, this card's good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a three mana six six like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really really good um and yeah like you said it just slots into the already good blue green deck we have in standard so yeah like that deck is already very good and then yeah it the deck just built itself it's it's not very it's not particularly interesting but i i, I think it's quite clear that that's going to be the future standard i mean can we talk about how great the creature type elder giant is it's pretty cool i do kind of wish it was titan given that, like, it's a titan. I mean, I guess, but, like, titans are giants, right? Like, all the titans from the M sets were giants. Yeah, but, again, they could have been titans. I mean, I'm kind of, speaking of which, I'm kind of excited to see someone name Giant with Cavern of Souls and <laughs> put this into their Amulet Titan deck and have uncounterable Uwus and Prime Times. Yeah, that's going to be a thing, isn't it? It, it really, really is. Yeah, but a land a land card from your hand on the battlefield seems good in Amulet Titan. Yeah, like I mean, that's kind of what you want to be doing, right? Yeah. And then you you just get to cast, I guess, a big six six at some point, which is a <laughs> thing that Amulet Titan also likes to do. Yeah. So okay, yeah, seems pretty good. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's awesome play there. Yeah, same. To be honest, or somewhere in modern, like Escape Shift deck or something like that. Yeah. Cool, right, do you want to move on to another Elder Giant? Let's do it. Yeah, this one is equally as exciting, I think. So this is Croxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. That is black-red for a legendary creature, Elder Giant. When Croxa enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever Croxa enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-man card this way loses three life. It has escape for black, black, red, red. Exile five other cards from your graveyard, and it's a six six. So, two mana, they discard a card. Yep. Uh, and if they don't, which I guess in the late game, uh, they lose three. So it's like a two mana bolt or a two mana Raven's Crime. It yeah yeah. So that's kind of okay. Yeah, like or if they discard a land card, they lose three. Oh yeah, and then yeah, it becomes a four mana six six with that text also. Yeah, yeah. When it enters the battlefield and whenever it attacks, like eventually they're they're gonna have no cards in hand, yep. and yeah, sure they'll block it, but they're gonna lose three yep. from it anyway. It it seems ridiculous. Like uh, I've been playing before Christmas, I played a fair bit of Arena Standard, uh, best of one, and like Rakdos Agro was already a very good deck in that format. And, this just slots in that deck really nicely. I think that's 100% where this card will see play. I mean, it's also kind of cute that it dies. So, I guess, triggers Judith. <laughs> right? That's a thing, yeah. right? That's also a thing. Yeah. Um, this card seems less good than Uwu. Yeah. But... And also, it's it's Sacrifice It. So, the uh, the Rakdos card, whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, deal one damage to target player. Oh, yeah, sure. The, I can't remember what that card's called. Mayhem Devil? May, that's the one, yeah, Mayhem, Mayhem Devil. Devil. It's certainly a thing that you can do. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, this card's less exciting than, than the blue-green version, obviously, for a lot of reasons, but it's still cool. This is exactly what any Rakdos aggro deck wants to do, and I think this card will also see a lot of play. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. Sweet, okay, where do we move from here? Cool, so they are two good cards. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go Underworld Breach? I guess we have to talk about that, right? You ready for that? I'm, I'm ready to be wrong. I'm very ready to be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you're wrong, but sure. <laughs> Next up, we have Underworld Breach. One red for an enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of the end step, device Underworld Breach. Cool, Yorgamot's will. Nah. Uh, uh, cool, past the I mean, flames. No. Cool, a completely different card that does something similar to those cards but doesn't actually do those things. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, so I guess we should briefly discuss the fact that this makes Storm, oh, like, this can go in a Storm deck in Legacy. Yes, so... I... I really, really do not think that this has any place in Ant at all. I think Ant pretty much deck list the way it is uh the epic storm is not a deck that i'm too familiar with but I've, I've spoken to quite a few people who play that deck and brew around that deck and again like they don't want this card but i do think that there is a there's a whole new storm deck based around this card i think definitely uh and i i don't know if it does what it does as good or as efficiently as, as the, the storm decks that already, is, already exist do their things, but I do think it might be a viable deck. So it plays Lion's Eye Diamond, so Lion's Eye Diamond plus this just generates infinite mana as long as you have enough cards from your graveyard to exile, uh, to cast the, the escape cost. Uh, and you can fill your graveyard with Brain Freeze and just keep casting Brain Freeze to put three cards into your graveyard and then you exile those three cards and then you play Lion's Eye Diamond then you play Brain Freeze again and Storm happens and eventually you, you pretty much put your whole deck into your graveyard. Uh, you have pretty much infinite mana from the Lion's Eye Diamond and then you can play cards like Echo of Eons to shuffle your deck back into your graveyard. Sorry, shuffle your deck back into you shuffle your graveyard back into your library to draw seven cards again. I just I don't think it's good enough. Uh, I think you can you can definitely like attempt to mill your opponent out with brain freeze by doing that. But you know like Emrakul is a commonly played card in Legacy, and yeah, sure you can play Surgical Extraction. Uh, you can play like Leyline of the Void if you really want to. Uh, and then I've also seen some lists brewing it where like they play uh, Jace and Ravel of Secrets. Is it Unravel of Secrets? Uh, one from War of the Spark? Um, something. The, yeah, the, the Lab Man one. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the Lab Man one. Yeah, yeah. so like, obviously you can you can do that, Brain Freeze yourself, and then play the Jason plus the Jason win. So there's there's definitely some interesting lists I've seen floating around, and I'm sure some of them will 5-0 some Legacy Leagues or Magic Online, but I don't think... I think it's a deck, but I don't think 
the deck is as good or as efficient as the the storm decks which currently exist. Yeah, that's what I think as well. Like, I'm yeah. just not convinced that that's just better than what Ant and Tez are already doing. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> like, it's a thing you can do, right? It's something you can yep. play, but it doesn't offer anything that those decks aren't doing and, like, requires jumping through a couple more hoops, I guess. Yeah, like, Ant's Ant won GPs. I can't see Underworld Breach Storm winning a GP. Yeah, I mean, we're both wrong. Maybe, like, we're horrendously wrong and, like, it's actually really good, but I doubt it, because you have to, first of all, like stuff which doesn't get you to win in the game really yeah again to what you like brain freezing yourself and don't like oh, man it's just it seems like some nonsense and i'm just not convinced it's better than what you can currently do with tangles of agony yeah i i agree um i so i, I i've bought a place that a brain freeze just in case <laughs> so i've got like social happening this weekend so I, i'm gonna proxy up the deck uh, and take it along and play some games and see how it goes. But I, yeah, I, I'm not very confident that this deck does Storm things as good or better than the Storm decks that already exist. And also, like, games two and three, like, if, if your opponent just plays, like, Leyline of the Void from the sideboard, then you're probably just not going to beat it. Yeah, whereas at least, like, um, has a way to actually like win through a ley line or a rest in peace yeah yeah absolutely like it's hard but you can do it yeah so i guess i mean i i guess it doesn't fall to i don't know i guess it doesn't fall to gaddock teague is that a thing that matters um it depends yeah i don't know not not really like again it depends what like the win condition is like if you're just gonna like brain freeze your opponent out then yeah sure you can do that against a Gallic Teague deck specifically but there are still instances where you are just gonna lose yourself if if you get to the point where like the Jace is your only win condition you can't cast your, cast your Jace for a Gallic Teague and I don't know I just I, I don't think that this is particularly good uh, and I think I think even in like a Storm mirror match like the Storm deck's that exists currently are better than this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like playing against Ant and they're just like thought sees your underworld breach on turn one then. Yeah. I mean a lot of times you just you're just not gonna be able to survive that. I mean I'm happy to lock that take in that this card is just bad and doesn't make a it makes a storm deck, but I'm not sure that storm deck is good. I don't think I don't think I would say it's bad. I think it, I think ambitious is the, the term I would use for it. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's certainly true. Um, and I guess we should briefly discuss this card outside of Legacy Storm. I think it's straight unplayable yeah, outside. I think it is bad. Yeah. I think people are massively underestimating how many cards three is. Yeah. And I, yeah, three is a lot of cards, and also like, how do you get three cards into your graveyard? Yeah, it's just like fetch lands, right? Like outside, like outside of like brain freeze, it's very difficult to do that. Yeah, it's just like it. It acts as like a mini, a mini past and flames. I guess you get to flashback like one, maybe two spells if you're lucky. If you've like fetched a lot and have a lot of stuff going on, yeah. Um, then I guess it's like it's it's com- it's comparable to treasure cruise in that sense, where like putting seven cards in your graveyard is very much doable. Same with dig through time, putting six cards in your graveyard is very doable to cast a card. 
but I just don't think you'll be able to do that consistently. Yeah. Um, in a way where like paying two extra mana on top of that is also good, on top of the spell that you wanted to cast. Yeah. And the spell probably won't be that impactful. You need casting treasure cruiser costs one mana, whereas this you're having to exile six cards to cast two spells, say, and pay two mana and then pay the mana cost of the spell. Yeah. So like, I'm not convinced this is playable <laughs> anywhere. Like, especially certainly not in Storm, like modern That's Storm. That's it. Like, I, I I genuinely do just think like the the only way to get like proper value from this is is specifically just to play it with Lion's Eye Diamond and Brain Freeze. I don't think anything else is good enough. Yeah, people have been really losing their heads about this. Yeah. This card. Um, I'm not one of those people. Like, you need... You need, like... So your opening hand needs to be Land, Lotus Petal, Underworld Breach, Lion's Eye Diamond, Brain Freeze. Two other cards. And then even then, you're not guaranteed to win, right? Yeah. So... Oh yeah, no, you're definitely not guaranteed to win, but... I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to proxy it up and play it this weekend at Legacy Social. Uh, I'll, I'll report back next week. Yeah, I look forward <laughs> to that. I think, I think, I think what we're saying is is correct, and yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we'll it, see what happens next week. I mean, I'm very excited to be wrong. If I'm wrong, that's like good. Like that's cool. But yeah, I don't suspect that I am. Yeah. Right. Me too. Let's move on from this stupid card. Yes. Cool. So next up, we have Nadia Kraken. Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! Uh, this is a cool card. No, this card is not playable. Why? Well, might be. You never know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It's one blue blue for a kraken. It's a two three, and whenever you draw a card, you may pay one. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter under dear kraken, and create a one one blue tentacle creature token. Hell yeah! We mainly want to discuss this card because tentacle creature token. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is great. I, I like that. I like, I like the um, the flavor of it as well. Um, like you know, like ships have to fight through the tentacles before they get to fight through to the monster, I guess. Yeah, Which kind yeah. of like doesn't translate to magic that well because the two three that is the kraken, or I guess it would be bigger than that by the time you make the tentacle tokens. But the kraken is like a separate creature also in play to the tentacles, yeah. so it's not like you fight through the tentacles to get to like the boss, I guess. Which is like how it works in video games, right? Like you yeah. have to you have to deal lethal damage to the tentacles before you deal lethal damage to the actual kraken itself. But like I like that as as I guess like a kind of a top down design, kind of a a sweet way to design like a, a Kraken with its tentacles that you have to kill. Yeah. I guess. Um, it's really sweet and also the art's great and I imagine the tentacle tokens will look just as sweet. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really cool card for Limited. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it'll be standard like playable. This is pretty absurd in Limited. I hope I hope it's standard playable but yeah, like Limited seems sweet. Like, you draw a card at the beginning of your turn and you just pay one and make a 1-1 one, one and put a plus one plus one counter on this. Yeah. Seems fantastic. Yeah. Especially if you get like there's a couple of the cards around um, commons and uncommons and some rares that like draw extra cards as well so like you can play into that so I'd be surprised if this was standard playable but it's certainly a sweet card. Um, yeah. I like it a lot. Probably really cool for your sea monster tribal EDH decks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I just wanted to talk about this card because it's cool not because it's good. Cool, where we go next? So, another card which is cool and good. This one's a reprint. It's Idyllic Tutor. Oh, hell yeah. Two and a white for a sorcery. Search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle your library. Flavor text, you are loved, child. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the art. I like the art. Is there, 
Nick Kelman responsible for the flavor text in this one. Nick Kelman? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to miss that reference, aren't I? He's the story director for Magic. Oh, okay. He wrote a book about underage girls. <laughs> oh, it's a paedophile reference. My bad. Yeah, that was, yeah. Was that his name? Nick Kelman? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And he's kind of a paedophile. Yes. Cool, man. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe he did write this. Because he loves children. Cool, well, that's, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Kelman is a paedophile. <laughs> is the official Arab Devastation party line. Um... I mean, yeah, that book is heinous, if you don't know about yeah. it. Probably don't look it up. It's pretty horrible. I'd forgotten his name, but yeah, You Are Loved Child fits quite well into that, I guess. Um, this card is fine. Yeah, I'm really glad it's getting a reprint. Uh, it probably just needed one. It definitely needed one. It hasn't been printed since Morning Tide. Oh, wow, yeah. No, it definitely needed one. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is cool. Uh, I don't think it has any real applications. I guess we'll, we'll have to see how, like, because how, there's no, like, Eidolon of Blossoms. No, there is, I guess. We'll get to that in a bit. But, like, I don't know... Like, you can't you can't individually with Eidolon of Blossoms, because the Enchantress that we have isn't an enchantment itself. Yeah. I want to see how good, like, an Enchantress-style deck, because I guess we also have uh, Sator Enchanter. Yeah. That's an M20, right? So we have, like, yes. we have, like, eight three-mana Enchantresses. It's like, maybe this is good enough, but, like... Yeah, maybe. Be finding. It, I mean, it could just also be in some sort of some sort of Esper Dance deck. That's true. Yeah, that'd be cool. Find your um, your Asper, uh, not as told. Um, Doom foretold. Doom foretold. That's the one. Yeah. Dude, that's like one of your favorite cards. How did you forget it? Yeah, I know. I, just, I haven't played it for weeks now. Sure. Um, so yeah, this one. I mean, it's possible, but um, it's just a welcome reprint, and it's certainly like a card that fits well, law wise. So yeah, I, I, it's a good reprint, and it's a good place to reprint it, and it's nice to have it stand a boost back, so hopefully it actually drives the price down so people can pick them up. Yeah. Cool. So speaking of reprints, let's move on to our, our next card in the set, which is is quite possibly the, the reprint that will have the most impact for standard. Mm. That is Grey Merchant of Asphodel. He is back. Gary's back. Like all good zombies are. New art. Yeah, the art's, the art's great. Yeah, I really like the art on this one. So it's three black black for a two four. It's a zombie. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to life lost this way. <sighs> At least it's an uncommon now. Yes, yeah, it's been upshifted to uncommon, which is is great news for limited, definitely. Yeah, um, this card caused a lot of problems. We'll have to see if a similar shell is there, which I believe that it probably is. Yeah, I mean. Mono black was already like okay, like borderline playable anyway. But like Gary just makes it so much better. Hopefully, some of the other decks on the format can keep mono black in check. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. How it I goes. mean, yeah, you haven't got thoughtsies this time. That's that's the main, the main thing. Um, I mean, you have you still have duress, I guess. Yeah, you have duress, and then you have like there's a couple black black cards, and then there's yeah stuff like uh, like. Yarok's Venlurker uh, seems fantastic uh, as a black black card. And you've got like Ayara, first of Lockwoon from, um, from Throne of Eldraine. Yep. 
which is a similar thing. Whenever a black creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Yep, and we have... I guess you've got Cauldron Familiar in the one-drop slot. Yep. So you go Cauldron Familiar into Yarrick's Fen Lurker, into Ayara, into, I don't know, Rankle. I mean, we have four tri- uh, quad black cards from Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. Well, they're not particularly great, but if you just want four Devotion... It's an option you have to go into Gary. You also have uh, Timurat, who we won't go into in detail because the card sucks, but you also have Timurat, which is black-black. Yeah, it's true. For a 2-2. You also have the um, another card that probably goes into this deck, which I can't find. The removal spell, which is two black-black. There we go. Dragged to the Underworld, two black-black for an instant. Spell costs X less to cast. Max use devotion to black, destroyed her creature, which is a very good card. Yeah. So you also have that that plays into that deck very well. Uh, so it's just another one of those decks that like builds themselves, and I I do think that it'll end up either being like if not the best deck, just one of the best decks in standard. I I, I do definitely think that the the future of standard going forward for the next couple of months at least is is going to be mono black versus blue green right at the top. Yeah, I I feel inclined to agree. Um, I'm not sure Gary is a welcome return, but it's a cool return at least. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people seem to be excited that it's back. Um, that's cool. We'll see how those people feel in six weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it's it's a fantastic card. Like, I'm not going to downplay how good the card is. I personally don't think it's an interesting card, and it's not one that I'm excited for personally. But you know. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens this time around. Yeah, I I agree. We'll see we'll see what happens. Right. So I'm aware that this episode is dragging on a bit. <laughs> so find and post. <laughs> I've got so much to cut out. It's so good. Uh, right. So we'll hit a few more cards before we get out of here. We'll try and make it brief. Um. So we have Siona, Siona, Sonia, <laughs> Sonia, captain of the Paella. There we go. Sonya, Captain of the Pyre. There we go. <laughs> it is uh, one green white for a 2 2 legendary creature, human soldier. It's an uncommon. Legendary uncommons are just kind of evergreen now, I guess. Yeah. Just in every set. Uh, when Shin is the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an aura card from them and put it to your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a 1 1 white human soldier creature token, and she is a 2 2. Seems pretty cool. This card's great. Uh, so it's three mana two two that like looks at the top seven cards <laughs> and finds an aura, which is interesting. Um, so I, I guess if there's some kind of like, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on the mechanic? Heroic type deck. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. I guess it can also find like stuff like Kemrith transformation. I guess if you like doing removal. Um, but the main thing is when so the. the the second ability, whenever an aura becomes attached to a creature, create a 1-1, uh, is an infinite combo with Shielded by Faith. Yeah. Which is cool. Because Shielded by Faith is an uh, enchanted creature, has indestructible, and then whenever a creature ends the battlefield, you may attach it to it. So you cast... So it's Splinter Twin. Yeah, so you attach Shielded by Faith to Sonya. <laughs> Definitely Sonya. Um, Sonya of the Pyella. Of the, yeah. of the Pyella. <laughs> uh, and then she creates a 1 1, and then you move it to the 1 1, and then Sonya triggers again. Then you make another 1 1 and attach to that, and then it makes infinite creatures. 
Cool. So that's the thing. Uh, but, you know, that card isn't legal anywhere important. <laughs> so Could it be playable in Legacy? No, because Splinter Twin's actually illegal, and that's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like... Plague Engineer and Force of Will. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and it was also, it's like, it's, I mean, Presence of Gond and Midnight Guard are also legal in that format, and they do basically <laughs> the same thing. Because they make a, a infinite one ones that can't attack. Uh, but it's 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 a cool interaction, and you know, it, it's a thing I'm going to do in Commander. <laughs> so uh, there's that. I know, like it's uh, it's possibly playable in Boggles. There's like a one or two of. Maybe it's yeah. I I don't feel confident enough evaluating that deck or this card in that deck to, to say for sure. But yeah. <laughs> sure why not um, yeah. top 7 is uh, a lot and then like making a 1-1 is kind of the thing you want to be doing if they have like a lily or some kind of way to edict you anything like that just making a bunch of creatures in addition to your big boggle I don't know it's maybe like I think it's very much like 3 mana is a lot for that deck uh, and I guess you already have like um, Core Spirit Dancer is kind of a grindy option in that deck yeah. But it's a cool card. I like this card. I just wanted to mention it briefly. Cool. Let's move on to another legend, which is uh, Galia of the Endless Dance. Yeah. Which is, this one's cool. Yeah. A, a red green for a 2 2 legendary satyr. Uh, she has haste. Other satyrs you control get plus one, plus one, and have haste. And whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may discard a card at random if you do draw two cards. That seems pretty good. Satyr Tribal. Yeah. If you Satyr Commander decks. Yeah, this plus, like, I don't know, six other satyrs that ever <laughs> been. Um, so, a couple things about this. One, why does it exist? Two, uh, Wizards are now just laughing in the face of all the Commander players that want a red-green Werewolf Legend that's actually playable. And two, yeah. why isn't this some kind of white card? <laughs> it has Battalion. Yeah. And draws cards. Why is this not, like, a white card that isn't Sator Tribal? Like... A two two mana haste which has battalion discard a card draw two cards could be a Boros card and it would be great. But I don't know. I don't think this is very playable. I don't think I've seen any good satyrs so far. I think it. I think it has potential. Like Gruel Aggro is is definitely still a deck. Um, definitely as far as like best of one standard on arena goes. Uh, I think it can fit into that deck quite nicely because you're you want to attack with. At least three creatures at return. Discard a land to draw two cards. Seems pretty good. Yeah, I, but like, we don't have any... I guess, like, that's fine, but in terms of, like, if you want to leverage the Satyr side of it, we don't really have anything. Uh, we have one of the Satyr spoiled currently, I believe. Two so far. We've got Blood Aspirant. Mm. Uh, and we've got Careless Celebrant as well. I have not seen Careless Celebrant. Two mana for a 2-1. Uh, when it dies, it deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. Okay, so a very negligible effect on a card you don't want to play unless you're playing Sayo Tribal. Yeah. Yeah, I just think this card's cool. Uh, the art's sweet as well. Uh, and I like Sayers. Sayers are sweet. Yeah, it's probably going to be a fine brawl commander. It's really not. Sayers suck. <laughs> there are no good. There are two Sayers. You just. All right, this is the third Sayer. And there's, you're not like you have any changelings or anything. But yeah. if you like building bad tribal decks in Commander, 
appears. There may or may not be other status in the set that we know about but have not been previewed yet. Yeah, one of them costs five mana. Um, <laughs> that we know about and have not been previewed yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm not spoiling it because, you know, leaks suck, but we, there's one that costs three mana. There's one that costs <laughs> five mana. There's one that costs another one that costs three mana. Like, they're not good. <laughs> and one of them is probably kind of good. But, um, yeah, we're not talking about those because um, screw people that leak cards and we're not going to talk about those until they have been. Oh, no, hang on. There is another one that's actually kind of interesting. But anyway, yeah, Sight of Treble will not be a thing in Standard. That is my prediction for 2020. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. Uh, what was I going to talk about next? What was the next one after those two? Um, was it just Sagas? Just Sagas, yeah. Sick. Sagas are back. Sagas are back, and they fit perfectly into the, the theme of Theros. Yeah. And they're sweet. And I think everyone knows what Sagas do at this point, but they have chapters, and then they do the chapters, and then when you've done the final chapter, you sacrifice it. Um, so I'm going to talk about one of them, because it's the coolest one, easily. Uh, with It's the coolest card I've ever seen with the worst name I've ever seen. And this is possibly <laughs> the worst name I've ever seen on a magic card. Uh, I, I mean, I might have seen some worse names, but none spring to mind. Yeah. So this, this card is called Kiora Bests the Sea God. Yep. Which is yep. obviously um, a discussing the the lore of the previous Theros block. This happened in Born of the Gods. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Kiora Bests the Sea God is a mythic. It costs five blue blue. And it has three chapters. The first chapter is create an 8-8 blue Kraken creature token with Hexproof. So it's a 7-mana 8-8 with Hexproof. That's okay, right? If it dies to Unsummon. That's okay, right? Uh, it has Hexproof, so it doesn't die to Unsummon. It doesn't die to Unsummon. It dies to... Yeah, exactly. There you go. See? It's good. Uh, and then <laughs> the second chapter is tap all non permanents target opponent controls. They don't attack during their controller's next and tap step. Yeah. So, you know, your 8-8 gets to smack through. And then the third chapter is gain control of target permanent and opponent controls. Untap it. So, alright, I'm not going to talk about how playable this card is because it's a 7 mana mythic stupid thing. Uh, but I quite like that it depicts the story. So, like, Kyura makes a, makes a Kraken and then Kyura taps Thassa. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And then Kyura steals the Bident of Thassa. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But yeah, Sagas are back. And I think they fit in well. I haven't yeah. seen any that have excited me that much. Yeah, same. I think they're they're really cool and they do thematically like fully do fit this this set really nicely. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be great for limited. I don't think they'll be good enough on constructed. Like once again, but there's definitely some very interesting ones. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing sort of uh, history banalia level at this point. Yeah, agreed. But, agreed. Yeah, nothing that as good as History of Benalia, definitely not. And I don't really even think there's anything like uh, like Eldritch Reborn at all either. Yeah, but they're, they're cool. Uh, I like that one in particular. Yeah, uh, Sagas are sweet. I guess that covers all the mechanics as well. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I do want to briefly discuss two more cards before we leave. Because sure, I forgot about them, it. and they're obviously both green cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so one of them is the Tessin Champion. Yes. Which is yeah, uh, two and a green for a one three 
human warrior who has constellation constellation is also back we didn't discuss constellation constellation you know whenever an enchantment is about field something happens this one has constellation whenever an enchantment is about field under your control put a plus one plus one counter on Satasan champion and draw a card because of course so we have this is one of the enchantresses i was discussing earlier it's turning green for a creature card that draws a card and gets bigger um and you know like green three drops with card advantage on them have tended to be very very playable yeah I'm um, looking at Corsair Crufix and Tireless Tracker specifically. Uh, depends how good the enchantments are. The enchantment decks end up being because you know playing an enchantment is a lot harder than playing a land. <laughs> but this card's ridiculous. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why it gets a plus one plus one counter. It's incredibly stupid. This is probably just the best enchantress we have outside of our Gothian enchantress now. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. Yeah, um, and even like sometimes it's going to be better than our Gothian enchantress because it will just be like. A 5-8. A 5-7. A big creature. Yeah, it's very good. Yep. And then the second one, which I'm going to have to translate from Japanese, <laughs> is what is translated currently as Dryad, Dryad of Elysian Grove, which is also 2 and a green for a 2-4. Uh, it's an enchantment creature, Nymph. Whenever you play... An, you, oh, you may play an additional land on each of your turns. So that's quite good. And lands yep. you control have all basic land types in addition to the other types. Yeah. So what <laughs> this one? This one I think again is is very standard playable. It's also very modern playable, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What the hell? So it's just like uh, a wayward sawtooth effect, or exploration effect. Because it's a three mana creature that can play the digital land. So it's like Azusa wayward sawtooth. Uh, and then it just randomly has prismatic vista on it. <laughs> Prismatic Omen, sorry, yeah. It's like Oracle of Moldiah, Prismatic Omen combined into one card. It's really stupid. It's probably quite good in um, Scapeshift Falicut decks. Yeah, I I think so. What, like... Yeah, so all your lands are mountains. Yeah, what the hell? And you get to pay an additional land. And it's a 2-4. Why is it, why yeah, is it a 2-4? Very playable in those decks. Uh, so I... I don't know. I don't know why it's a 2-4. Uh, I think, like, once again, it's very playable and standard. Like, you, you play this on turn 2 off your, your Gilded Goose or your, your land that you got from your Burial Grazer. Uh, and this lets you play another land. So, again, you can play Yanissa on turn 3. And now all of your lands are forests, and Nissa loves forests. Yep. Also, fixing, because obviously they're all basic land types, so you can just cast whatever you want. Yep. Makes it easy to cast your Uwu. That's the one. <laughs> That's definitely the one. <laughs> Uwu and Sonya. Yeah, I think just just again, like this card fits into that blue green deck so nicely. Uh, we're just going to be seeing it for next the next few months until they, I don't know, maybe the ban this eventually. I mean, I'm just glad they finally printed some good green cards. You know. Oh yeah, it's about time. Right? <laughs> just these three three mana green creatures that just have card advantage tacked onto them. What the hell? Yeah, it's oh, so silly. They're just just atoning for um, for uh, battle for Zendikar's sins, really. It's just why? Oh, I don't know. It's not even one green green. It's two in a green. It's so. Anyway, yeah, this card's probably really good everywhere that it's legal. I would imagine. It's gonna be great in limited as well. It's just a. It's just yeah, fantastic card. Yeah, man, they really haven't taken the gas off the power level, really, have they? Yeah, I think like. I think it definitely feels overall. It definitely feels like 
a little bit of a step down from Throne of Eldraine, but the cards that are good are still very good. Yeah, I mean, like, we can just go through briefly, we won't discuss them properly, but you can, like, discuss, like, just mention all the really good cards we, we have as well. Um, so, you have um, the first Rowan Games is probably interesting. Um, yeah. Ephemia uh, the Cacophony is interesting. That is Intervention. Storm Herald, that's kind of cool. Uh, Arrastor of the Endless Web. Banishing Light has a reprint, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Whirlwind Denial, which is certainly interesting for uh, Eternal Formats and also has the best flavor text, which is no, no, and no. Yep. So Woe Strider, which certainly has modifications because it's a free, free sack outlet and also comes with creatures and, and, and does some stuff that it's possibly playable in the cat deck. Uh, Storm's Wrath, which is a four mana deal four to each creature in Planeswalker, which is cool. Um, what else we got? There's some other cards. We have uh, Thirst for Meaning, which is just Thirst for Knowledge, but within it, discard an enchantment card, which is certainly less playable, but very, very cool. I like that design on a card. I know how much you hate it. Um, I, think the, I think the design's fine. I, just, I hate the name. Uh, Thirst for Meaning is sweet. I think it's great. Shut up, you're wrong. Um, uh, Dalakos, Crosser of Wonders, which does like stuff... Well, this should have been a white card. Um, it's one blue-red for a 2-4. Add two co- Tap to add two colourless. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. Equip creatures you control have flying in haste. Why isn't that a red-white card? That would be great in Boros as, as a commander. Uh, we have Kunaros, um, Hound of Athreos, which is like Grafdigger's yeah. Cage in a, a, in a little 3-mana three 3-3 three, three with Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink for some reason. God. Um... Staggering Insight, which is blue and white for uh, uh, in Aura, which is creature gets plus one, plus one, and has lifelink, and whenever it does come out, I manage to a player draw a card for some reason. Uh, the rest of the temples are back. We also have Field of Ruin, which we mentioned earlier, uh, and the basic lands are absolutely horrible. Ah, oh, yeah. I think I did quite well there. I, I, I think so. <laughs> I'm going to have a fun time listening to that back when I've edited it, and it just, it just sounds like garbled nonsense. But yeah, this set's powerful, and there's a lot of sweet stuff here, um, and I'm excited to get my hands on it, I'm excited to pick up a lot of cards for Commander, and not do anything else, because I don't really play any format that isn't Commander or Legacy at this point, and maybe these cards are Legacy playable. So... Yeah, I, it, it's an odd one, like, uh, sure, I'll play with some of these cards in Arena, probably, but mm. uh, I feel like maybe my paper standard days are over, that, like, I struggle to get to events on, on week like weekday nights, and, like, yeah, I, I, things things move so fast. Like, it's it's kind of pointless like buying a deck unless like you know you're going to need it for like a WPN queue for that weekend. But but then there's like there's no WPN queues in the north. Uh, it's it's yeah I don't know. This year is looking it's looking very strange for for paper standard for me. There's nothing in the north. Uh, that is that is not true. There is. Uh, Legacy Social every second Saturday of <laughs> uh, come play Foxy Legacy in a pub. It's really fun. I mainly meant just generally, you know, Thatcher, Tories. Yeah. It's a desolate wasteland and you won't have any food after Brexit. On that note... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that note, it's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch and let us know what you think of Theros Beyond Death, uh, does it live up to the hype? Is it quite nice and refreshing to see a nice, powerful return of Theros as opposed to uh, just the misery that was battle for Zendikar when we went back to Zendikar? Uh, hit us up on social media. On Twitter, we are at hrefdcast, facebook.com slash hrefdcast. 
if you really enjoyed the show and you want to give back and support us in any, in any way, you can hit us up on Patreon or patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation, where tiers start from as little as $1 per month. That is roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. Uh, we're going to have some pretty cool content going up there this year. I've got some big plans for the Patreon. It's going to be awesome. Uh, check that out if you if you want to, if you want to give anything back. Yeah, you can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud. And if you have an iPhone, it'll be wherever the podcast thing is on your phone. You can leave us a review in any of those places. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating, a, a comment on, on how much you love or hate the podcast. Anything's good. Or just tell people that you know to listen to the podcast because we've been doing it a long time now and we want people to listen to it, please. Yeah, tell your friends. That would be greatly appreciated. If you want to catch me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at Pete Garden Oath. That's O for Finef. Uh, Facebook and Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. You can also check me out on YouTube now. Um, YouTube, I am also Peach Garden Oath. Uh, I'm planning to release at least one video per month uh, this year. I've got a cool legacy series in the works. Uh, I've got my first video went up on the 2nd of January, and it's a cool unboxing video for the Secret Lair. Yeah, that video is really cool. Thank I you. Enjoy, I enjoy that quite a lot. And I, I mean, I just like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like people are opening magic cards and dogs and definitely check it out. I'm sure that applies to everyone that would possibly listen to this podcast, right? Do yeah, you, like, you so. like magic cards? Do you like dogs? I mean, if you don't like dogs, uh, you shouldn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> very much a dog podcast. Yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's Sneal69. Nice. I've, I looked up who has the handle at Sneal. And yeah. it's just like some woman whose name is like S. Neil. And it's kind of frustrating because she's been on Twitter since like 2008. And like posts, also posts every day. It's not like a dead account or anything that I can just like go and scalp. Yeah. Which is quite, quite frustrating because I mean, as much as I like the number 69, it'd be nice to just have like Sneal as my handle, wouldn't it? it I mean, it wouldn't be as nice. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, yeah, it wouldn't be as nice, but it'd be more pleasing to me at least. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you are that person and happens to be listening to this podcast, please give me that handle. <laughs> awesome that's pretty much all we have time for this week uh, once again we were approaching the second hour the god pharaoh has returned so we'll see you again next week on our devastation mm-hmm.